amplified impact for multi-passionate female entrepreneurs turning their gifts into assets. This is a space to open your heart even deeper as you learn how to tune into your mission and connect with your clients, the ones who you dream to serve, and create massive impact in their lives. I'm here to inspire you to take time for yourself so you can be the leader in your life and your business, one who stands out and thrives. This is the place where women just like you create wealth from the inside out. I am so excited to be back, especially today. I have a special guest, Rebecca Hill. It's one of the reasons that I love joining other programs and mentorships. It's retreats, the people that you meet in these containers become lifelong friends. And I recently connected with Rebecca Hill in a mastermind that I was a part of. She is a transformational coach, hypnotherapist, multi-passionate at its finest. She is also a sleep coach and a mom. Before we hopped on and started actually recording, we were talking about the growth of being a mother, the journey that it takes us on to be the best humans we possibly can to be the best example out there for our little ones. Rebecca is here to help you rewire your subconscious mind and manifest limitless abundance. The reason I love this so much is many people say that we manifest from the subconscious and she is a living, breathing example of that through the work that she does. Thank you so much, Rebecca, for being here. We would love to hear from you. Thank you so much for inviting me. It's my absolute pleasure to to chat with you. Um, Yeah, I think going back to what we were saying before we started recording, I think really having my son was the pivotal moment for me. Um, It's the moment when I really woke up to the fact that nobody was going to come and save me, right? (laughs) Like we we have to do this work ourselves. And um, it all started really when he was not sleeping so good. (laughs) And I was really struggling to adapt. I think we, you know, again, we chatted about how, you know, adapting from, people who really love our peace and our space. And I definitely love my sleep (laughs) as well. And uh, really it it was difficult for me. And there was a lot of health issues going on for me that just got exacerbated as I went through the process of becoming a mom and in the early stages. And that's when everything changed for me. And that's when I became a sleep coach because uh, I actually used one myself. Um, I'm actually a three, five generator. So it's all about trial and error and um, sharing what works with others. So um, that worked amazingly well for me um, using um, supportive methods to help my son to sleep well. And um, yeah, like just completely changed my life around working through the mindset piece um, and discovering how the subconscious mind affects, yeah, like 95% of of what we do and how we behave and yeah how we show up and so that was the pivotal point for me when I when it all started and I set up uh, the businesses that I have today so um, it's led me into training as a mindset coach and uh, an RTT hypnotherapist and now I'm helping other people to to do the same and yeah just achieve that 
limitless potential, you know, and, and remove those programmings that, that we've developed throughout our lives um, that, that hold us back. Yeah, I love that so much, Rebecca, because a lot here in, in my world, in my community, I talk about taking your life experiences and turning it into online offers and programs where you get to help mentor, coach, guide others through the journey of what you personally have been through. And when our children come into the world, for example, we learn so much and things that happen, we, we can't predict what's going to happen, what's going to come and, and the ability to be reminded that like our sleep is so vital. And as someone who was dedicated and devoted to a personal practice every single morning for over a decade, and then my son coming into my life and <clears throat> excuse me, in the early mornings, nursing is so crucial, right? Those are the moments where they really want to nurse is like the, the early mornings and you're sacrificing your personal time. But when they take away your sleep, you're talking about health and what happened there. And that's where and how we become so passionate is like our own personal life experience. And, and we notice the effect that it has had on our lives and, and how can we help others get through that so they don't have to suffer in the same way that we did. And I'm curious for you, how did not sleeping show up in your life as a mother throughout your day? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a really great question. Um, so I think the first thing I would find is like in the morning was very difficult to get myself going. My husband used to go off to work. I used to cry because I just felt so alone. I think often mums can just feel so desperately alone. You know, like you're go, you're like you're the only person going through it, but of course you're not. But you just don't, you just don't see it that way when you're in that moment. Uh, and of course, lack of sleep, like really affects our mental health and so um yeah I felt very low very depressed um in terms of how I was able to show up for my son Joshua who's now four um I remember going to some mum groups and you know just really comparing myself to other parents who were like seemingly really enjoying motherhood and um, their babies, you know, you'd get into conversations. It's like the classic conversation is about sleep. And, um, yeah, I could just see that, or it appeared like they were getting loads of sleep, you know? And, um, I think it was a standing joke before I even had my son. Oh, you know, you just, you just won't get any sleep. It's not possible for you to get any sleep. But of course, now I realize that it is entirely possible. Um, there's just, you know, techniques and, and ways which we can do it while supporting our little ones to sleep well. Um, so yeah, it was, it was really challenging and I didn't really have much energy. Um, and my mood was just mega low, you know, really, really struggled with my mood. Um, but yeah, the, the literally from, from working with a sleep coach myself, it was within, you know, a matter of days, things just turned around and it was incredible, you know, to see him so happy and thriving and my son, you know, equally, you know, it made for a much easier day because he was happy and, and thriving and he was, you know, more uh, interested in learning new things. And yeah, obviously as a result, I was feeling much happier and that interaction that I had with him to support him through his journey, you know, was way more supportive than, than I could possibly be being in, in the place that I was. I think it's a very individual thing as well. I think some people have very different 
sleep needs. Um, some people like myself, you know, I, I need a really good dose of sleep to feel good and other people can manage on a lot less. So I think it's, it's a very individual thing. Yeah, you brought up some really good points there on feeling alone in the postpartum phase, post baby, you, you don't realize like, you know, you're not alone. And that that saying comes through of like, it takes a village. And it is just that that loneliness that you feel because of the hormonal shift and changes, which is one of the reasons that here I love Costa Rica is like, the motherhood community is so strong. And if you're in a place that isn't like where Costa Rica, it's like seeking support is so vital, because I personally personally know a friend who got a sleep coach and everything shifted when she moved her daughter into the crib and she was co-sleeping at the time. And I know that we all have our own desires, wants, and needs for sleep, but also the way in which we raise our children and it's finding what works for you. And what I love that you touched on is that it doesn't have to be a struggle, that there are techniques you can use to find sleeping, but also the highlight is you're feeling better, but also the way in which your baby moves throughout the day and their energy and their alertness and their their presence throughout the day when they get sleep shifts too. What are some of the the techniques that you would give someone, maybe just one or two that really shifted the way that you two slept? Mm. So I think one of the most simple things that anybody can do with their child, be it a baby, a toddler, or a child, is to look at how much sleep they're actually getting in the day and in the night. So really um, figuring out, are they getting long enough awake in between their naps? And are the timings kind of there? And I know a lot of people shy away from a routine and 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 so forth. But there is some sort of science behind um you know, the amount of time that we can tolerate being awake for before we become either overtired um, and equally going down undertired. I mean, I don't know if you've ever tried to go to sleep at night when you're just not that tired and you, it's quite a horrible feeling when you're kind of laying there just like writhing around, like trying to get yourself off to sleep. And the same thing's true for them. So I think a really simple thing is people can look at is their baby's uh, wake windows, they're called. And this is really just the amount of time you know, that they can tolerate being awake for before they get tired and they need a little sleep. And so, again, it just really depends on your um, your approach to things. If you want a more relaxed approach, of course, you know, you, you might be napping out and about and on the go. If you're the kind of mum that's at home and, and really wants your baby to nap in their cot, obviously you can do it that way. Um, and I think it's just making it adaptable to you and your circumstances I think that's so important that every mum just follows their own instincts always like you know we cannot you know avoid trusting our instincts it's the most important thing about mothering I believe um but yeah so wake windows that's a really important one and then also just having like a bit of a bedtime routine, you know, and a nap time routine. It's not uh, what I mean by that is not necessarily a formal routine, but, you know, just a few simple things that the body can respond to as sleep cues. So things like, you know, having that last feed of the, of, of the day or, or um, depending on the age, of course, or, or where they're at with their feedings, um, having a nice bath and some just chill time, maybe reading a few books if they're old enough. 
So having that kind of special one-to-one time, particularly for um, toddlers as well, having like a really good 15 minutes of undisturbed one-to-one time with a parent, um, and then maybe some some fun bath time. And, you know, it doesn't all have to be really uh, low key, low energy. I think it's really important for them to enjoy their bath times as well, because, um, you know, you want that to be a positive association for them. And um, yeah, and so it's just like those those few little simple cues that our, our bodies really respond to cues because of our circadian rhythm. Um, so just like you know, we respond to daylight and darkness as as our cues for for sleep and and waking, and the body responds to kind of mini cues throughout the day and things like meal times and and their naps and and bedtimes and and so forth. So yeah, those two things are just really simple. Um, you know, if they just kind of do a similar style of uh, bedtime each evening that can be super helpful Mm, I love that Rebecca because when my son Amani anytime that he would go through different phases like I would just look up his age and what the wake windows were and then I would just time his naps according to those um the hours that they recommend and something that I found like my husband's like oh he'll just go to sleep when he wants but he would get overstimulated if he didn't nap at certain times and so it'd be harder to put him down for a nap past his tiredness because he's now running on like the adrenaline and the endorphins where he's past that like sleep time and now he's going on overstimulation. And so there was that for us co-parenting of like, no, there is a routine that we need to get to in a system. And something that I did for myself that you had mentioned too, is I did, um, routines in the evening (laughs) and my husband's idea of a routine is like getting them tired like stimulating them and running them around and you're like okay we have different parenting styles and and how can we do this and there's no right way but it was like really those those two things that you mentioned are things that actually really helped me that I didn't know was something that you know you actually teach people on doing so it's amazing what we do without even knowing like the motherly instinct Yes, 100%, 100%. And I think, it, it, yeah, it can definitely be challenging when there's two different approaches. I think, you know, part of parenting as well is, you know, um, two people coming together and adapting what they do and trying <laughs> to work together as a team. It can be definitely, especially in the middle of the night, you know, tensions can run very high as well when people are tired. Um, so obviously I, I support the whole family when we work together because, you know, I think sometimes people almost like that sort of structure because when people do have the difference of opinion, it's like, okay, now here's somebody saying like, here's here's what you need to do. And people are generally more willing to to, to follow the advice versus their partner. We're, we're usually terrible, aren't we, at following our partner's advice? <laughs> so, um, yeah, no, definitely. And yeah, I, I agree. I think it's just um, finding what works for you and for your child. And, and you do... It, you're absolutely right in a sense of that overstimulation part. Some children are really good at just knowing and they just switch off or they'll give you the sleep cues and they'll tell you they're tired or they'll show that they're tired by rubbing their eyes or the little red rimmed eyes or, you know, there's, there's ways of which we can recognize that, but, um, you know, 
really there are a lot of children that don't have those cues and so mm. you know almost in many ways sort of supporting them with that by encouraging them to sleep around those times when when really you know scientifically to push them much further than that you know is is like you said they're going to get overtired and then you're battling against cortisol that hormone that just they just get a burst of cortisol and they almost seem way more awake then you know and you think oh they're really they've got loads of energy now they could just keep going so yeah yeah I love that (laughs) I think this is gonna this is gonna be a good conversation for any new moms or any moms to be I do want to shift the conversation just a little bit because something that's been coming up for me recently in the last few days is my my father passed away um, 16, 17 years ago, and he's been surfacing in my my world right now. And of course, like the subconscious is is always there. And so here I am, a mother, and and now going into a year and a half, and just that longing for my dad. And and how you say like you know we manifest through the subconscious. And I recently got a reading, and of course my dad was there, and he was communicating with me that you know I am here and I am around, and and that can really influence our our lives how we grew up and what we experienced and what we've been through as we were talking in the beginning is life experience and so once we have a child the 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 past comes back and it comes back to show us where we can grow and i'm curious like when you're working with your clients in the subconscious mind like what do you notice through like childhood memories and becoming a mother and how that brings to the surface what we don't actually see in the conscious mind. Mm, I love this question. And um, firstly, I'm so sorry that you lost your dad, Um, but so wonderful that he's now connecting with you. That is just so, yeah, it's just so awesome. You're receiving that message and those messages from him. Um, And, you know, a lot of what you say is so relatable in a sense of, that for me, when I had my son, this was the time when a lot of the past traumas that I experienced myself came came to to, to a head, really, um, for myself, um, and sort of trigger warning. But that you know, I had some sexual abuse when I was younger, and again, it was something I thought that I'd really dealt with, but I clearly hadn't because I also started having dreams and. Um, some flashbacks and some some really difficult things were were resurfacing for me, and um, so this is really where you know I felt, and it goes back to my my saying of you know nobody was coming to help me either because uh, both my parents were, were not around to support me as a new mum. Uh, sadly, at the time, me and my mum, the relationship had broken down. Um, my dad was living uh, the other side of the world in Australia. I'm in the UK. So, um, yeah, I, I also felt very alone and um, was really struggling to come to terms with things. And so this is where the, the mindset piece for me really came into play. It was like, right, like only you can fix this. Only you can work through this. Um, so the mindset piece came in, but then again, the limitations I found with the mindset was that, okay, I'm doing all these things. I'm doing all the mindset work. I'm saying all the affirmations, you know, I'm really talking kindly to myself, but there's a part of me that just isn't believing this. And this is what's going on at at a subconscious level. And of course, 95% of what we do, how we think, how we behave, is all for our subconscious programming. And this is, 
this is all programmed into us. The major, the vast majority is programmed in between the ages of zero to seven. So this is where our brainwave state is much slower, which is why kids are just so happy and so carefree because their prefrontal cortex hasn't developed in the brain and they're just wandering around in their own little happy worlds. And um, yeah, like the prefrontal cortex part of our brain is what starts to develop. And this is where um, through the events that happen in our life, we start to form beliefs about ourselves. And our thoughts um, create our feelings and then our feelings create our actions and our behaviors. And so without addressing these things at the subconscious level, we can very much be walking around with this kind of programming. Um, And so, yeah, so what I really found with myself was I needed to find a way to heal those beliefs because what I was doing wasn't really working. So. Um, I went and worked with a rapid transformational therapist and again, (laughs) three, five world, three, five life. Um, It worked so amazingly well for me that I was like, right, I have to do this and I have to train and I have to share this with people because this is so incredible. Um, And literally within one to three sessions, it just turned my life around. It was just so profound. Um, And really all of those feelings around traumas that I you know that I needed to heal and the self-belief piece you know feeling enough all of those things um were then healed at a subconscious level um and and generally most people will have one of four beliefs it really is that simple it can feel so messy you know when you're in that place you just think oh my god how could anybody fix me when I feel this is so complicated but really Um, It usually comes down to these four beliefs, which is um, I'm not good enough. I'm not lovable. It's not available to me or I'm different. And really, um, you know, the the sessions of RTT, we kind of pinpoint what those beliefs are. And um, and then you see them through your adult eyes, because, of course, it's you know, when you see things as an adult, you know, you see it in a completely different perspective when you're a child and you're confused the belief you form about yourself often doesn't make sense, right? You know, as an adult. So we we can reframe it and then we rewire the subconscious mind with um, with a recording, which you listen to for 21 days. And this is really all about the neuroplasticity of the brain and literally rewiring those neural pathways in the brain to, to, to believe positive things about yourself instead. Mm, so powerful and, and I've heard those some, some of those um, beliefs that we all have and hold and it's so common which is another reason that I love like retreats or therapy or things of that such nature because it reminds us that we're not alone in those feelings and those those wirings that happen from zero to seven years old because we don't necessarily know and when you're working with your clients are you able to really go back to the moment in time the experience where you took on that belief that actually isn't serving you as an adult today yeah absolutely so um so basically the client goes into hypnosis which again Going back to the different brainwave state, what we're doing with hypnosis is 
um, putting the mind into an alpha brainwave state. So obviously we're walking around, you know, when we're active and using our conscious thinking mind, we're in beta brainwave state. So what we're trying to do is move the client from, from beta to alpha and possibly even theta is possible sometimes. Um, so we put the client in hypnosis and then we do as part of this RTT session, there is uh, many different modalities pulled together into one, two hour, maybe two and a half hour session. And, um, we use regression therapy. So we go back to a scene or a memory. Um, the client doesn't have to relive the memory as such, because I think that's often a fear of you know, particularly when there's trauma involved or trauma with a capital T, so to speak, I think, you know, clients are like, well, I don't want to go there. And, you know, so it's very important for, for people to understand that, that, you know, they never have to relive it, but it, it can be a very emotional process if there's a lot of stuck emotions that need to resurface. Um, so we're not only looking at the mindset piece, we're looking at the emotions that need to come through that were perhaps not processed in that moment because the child thought they needed to bury those feelings away. So yes, we do. We regress back to to, uh, scenes, to memories. um, And the way in which we're able to do that is by accessing the subconscious mind through hypnotherapy, which is is slowing down the brainwave state, quietening the conscious mind so that we can access that subconscious that's underneath. Mm, it's so powerful and a reminder too I know there's many different types of modalities and and beliefs and different Mm. structures for we have to go back and relive it to heal it and I I strongly do believe that we don't actually have to go back and relive it but there is you know a layer deeper a layer deeper a layer deeper and it doesn't mean that you haven't already done the work it's just you know you're going another layer deeper when you're healing and sometimes that does mean crying or feeling pain or feeling um, an experience from the past but not that you have to go relive it to heal it I really love that and what do you think like if someone goes into hypnotherapy therapy like what is the first thing that they would seek for finding a hypnotherapist like how do they know it's the you know you're looking for a therapist you're looking for a coach you're looking for a mentor do you know how to like pick the one that's going to help because it's that feeling of safety right Mm, absolutely I think that's first and foremost vital that any therapist or coach that you work with that you you feel like you're operating from a safe a safe place and that you're going to be held and that person can hold you um I think that's so important and you know one of the things when I came into RTT therapy a lot of people were asking when we were doing the training of like how do we support somebody when we've already been through a trauma ourselves um And I think the answer is that, you know, if you have dealt with that through your own uh, sessions of RTT or or whatever modality you decide to use, I think the great thing is, is as long as you can see that this process gives your client freedom, like final freedom from the issues that they've had, um, and you're there to support and hold them through that emotional release and through that difficult moment then um you know that that is what's vital really is that you have a therapist that can hold you and support you as you as you move through it and that they see what's on the other side for you um the other thing i would say that i think in terms of results because i'm certified in both uh uh, 
hypnotherapy, straightforward hypnotherapy and in RTT hypnotherapy. And what I would say is that I find is really vital to the, the outcome and the results, the long-term results, is making sure that you do get to the root cause. Um, because, you know, it's like with mindset work and hypnotherapy, you can play hypnotherapy recordings, um, but, you know, if you throw glitter on on crap, basically, if you throw glitter on it, but you're not removing what's underneath, then often things resurface, you know, so so my best advice is, you've got to get to the root cause in order to heal. Um, and then re then you want to reprogram the, the, the subconscious mind. So the, the way a wonderful metaphor that, that, um, that I use is that if you imagine your mind like a garden and, you know, the weeds are in there, like the weeds need to be pulled out. Cause if you try to sprinkle seeds and you try to grow this beautiful garden without tackling them, they're just going to keep, you know, taking over. So, um, it's really important that we get the weeds out. And then the beautiful scented garden comes, you know, you can, you can sow all those seeds and, and everything is way more accepted into your mind than it would be if you didn't. I love that analogy, Rebecca, especially being in Costa Rica and being a, a naturist and loving plants. Mm -hmm. I always use the garden analogy for, for many different things as well. And I, I think what you just reflected back to me is it's all about the foundation. You have to start from a really clear foundation before you can continue to grow and build. Can you share? I know that there's many people listening right now that are like, I want to work with you. I want to know how to schedule a session. Can you tell us the best places to find you, where you're hanging out, ways to work with you so that any Anyone listening here can come and check you out. Yeah, with pleasure. Um, so firstly, if they would like a free gift of a healing vortex hypnosis, they can go to my website, which is RebeccaHill.com, and they can download a free uh, free hypnosis, which is a great place to start, right? You know, if you just want to get into hypnotherapy, you want to give it a go, see how it feels, that's a good place to start. If you want to go deeper and work one-to-one, -one, then um, you can find a uh, a booking link on the website there as well. Um, you'll also find details of my online program, uh, which is called the Soul Aligned Revolution, which is a combined RTT and coaching program that runs for eight weeks. And it's kind of specifically focused around um, health. So, you know, because I've healed my own health um, and I know you have your story, I was reading about yours, which is amazing. Um, but yeah, so it's it's really all about healing your health at the root cause so you can go on to, to manifest the life that you desire. Um, and then, yeah, my Instagram handles are Rebecca underscore A underscore Hill and my sleep pages, Sleepy Time Sleep, both on Instagram. Thank you so much, Rebecca, for being here. I will link all of your contacts into the show notes, and I look forward to having more conversations with you in the future. Thank you so much. It's been my absolute pleasure. Thank you everyone for being here, for listening. You know that we make bigger waves in the world by heading over to Apple iTunes, leaving us a five-star review and tagging us on Instagram, Rebecca underscore A underscore Hill at Amber Hagberg and sharing with us your biggest takeaway. Talk to you on the next episode.